Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast, we play a game of who would you rather have? And we're talking young NFL quarterbacks. Hmm, wonder whose name might come up on that list. Also, the first college football rankings are out for the playoffs. Also out Vegas odds on who the next Gators coach will be. All that on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you're subscribing. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can hear us on TampaBay.com and on SoundCloud. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing well. Favorite Halloween candy, Tom? Favorite Halloween candy. Well, fortunately for my wife bought my favorite Halloween candy to hand out to kids, and not very many came to my house, so I have plenty left over. Hershey Hershey bars. I'm a simple, like the mini little Hershey things. I'm the a mini simple, flat, the flat dark chocolate Hershey yeah, bar. Yeah, well, that, and also it comes like in a in a thing with like crackle, which is like a rip off. Oh, of you like the one? Like you like Nestle the one Crunch the, or whatever? Yeah. 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 Well, what is what is the crackle in, in Hershey's crackle? It's like Rice Krispies, isn't it? I I is like it to rice? say it's Rice it's Krispies. Not, is it rice? Well, it's Rice I mean, Krispies. Wh- they're like the, it's like what you find in Nestle's. It's a knockoff of like Nestle's Crunch, right? It's it's sort of what it tastes like. It's not quite as good as Nestle Crunch, but it's pretty good. So you're saying that crackle, the uh, the, the the crunchy element in that is actually is actually a rice crispy. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's what it is. If it's I just not, didn't know. I, no, I don't it's, know. It's not any kind of a nut, is what you're saying? No, no, it's not nut. Because if it was a nut, I would absolutely refuse to eat it because I don't okay. eat nuts. I ha- I hate nuts. What about yours? What's your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, I'm a Snickers guy, and um, you know, the bigger the bar, the better. But I'll take the minis, and then and then M and M's. You know, again, that's oh, M and M's. Yeah, it's a little like crack to me too. But when I, I was, like your, I like your choice. It's interesting. What was your when when you were a kid? When I used to go trick or treating, I used to. There were certain things I hated. Like if somebody, I used to like people used to give like coins and stuff. I'm like, I don't want pennies. They give you like five <laughs> pennies. Like, what are you doing? Really? What's wrong with you? Yeah, neighborhood. I guess it's better than the razor razor blades in the yeah, uh, right. in the apples. We got or apples. Yeah, we, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So. I don't know what we were they turn anything back, but uh, but that's interesting. It's I started. It started to feel like milk. Excellent chocolate. Got little crackles. Very smooth to eat. Little crunchy. But that's an interesting candy. Uh, Hershey's. Okay, got it. Yeah, so I'm going to gain 10 pounds in the next week because not enough kids came to the house. So now i got to eat all the candy. And you'll eat I the know. candy that your little girl. And girls we were giving out M&Ms, which is like the worst thing you could that do because I love M&Ms, and now we got <laughs> leftovers. Well, as the Bucks get back to practice on Wednesday, Rick, all eyes will be on Jameis Winston and whether or not he will throw. And that could have an impact on whether or not he plays on Wednesday. So we're going to have to wait and find – or plays on Sunday, I mean. Uh, we'll have to wait and find out how that all goes. But, Rick, let's play a little – who would you rather have? And let's do it with the young quarterbacks. And I have a list of five. Lists are always good when you have five. Uh, of course, we start with Jameis Winston, and then we have Carson Wentz, uh, Wentz, who's off to a terrific start with Philly this year. Dak Prescott. We'll throw Deshaun Watson on the list. And Jared Goff. 
will be on there as well because he's a okay. you know he's having a good season. Now before we pick which guy we would take, let's if, let's take a second. Let's go through some of these guys, and we'll we'll leave Jameis for the ender. But Carson Wentz, uh, start, your thoughts on Carson Wentz because when he came out of what North Dakota, right? Yeah. I wasn't sold on him because we didn't quite frankly know a whole lot about him. Uh, but I'm I've been blown away by how good this kid is. Um, he's very good. Uh, he um, is, uh, to me, uh, just extremely accurate. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't throw it down the field as much. Uh, has has a good arm. I mean, he has the arm. He's capable of doing that. But um, he makes quick decisions, and his ball placement is excellent. Like he he will throw the ball from odd angles um, in 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 away from the defense and. In places, uh, I think he had to throw. Boy, he had to throw under pressure um, in this past game that was just crazy. Um, right. in against the Washington, so, I guess. What yeah, I think. Or no, I think, San Francisco. Yeah, and I think he's. Um, you know, he played a number of years. Uh, he, I don't think he was one of these guys that came out at age twenty. Um, so I think that helps him. You know, adapt. But he's only in his second NFL season. Right. Uh, his first year, you know, not all that great. I mean, I think he was. You know, something like. I don't know. And I'm just guessing it was around, you know, like 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions or 16 or something like that. It was it was not a huge ratio in terms of touchdowns to interceptions. Um, but he's gotten better and he's on a really he's on a really good team. He has a really good coach and they do a good job. I think that uh, Doug Peterson does a good job of of helping him with the run game. He's committed to running the football. Um, you know, he sets up he sets up some things for Wentz. And they're and, even a little uh, more committed after a trade on Tuesday, right? Picking yeah, up, uh, how about that? Jay Ajayi going, going from the Miami. It was kind of surprising because he's been such a enormous part of Miami's offense. But I guess the word is, or at least what, what they were writing about in South Florida, is that they didn't think that this guy necessarily is going to have a long career. He takes a lot of hits and mm-hmm. some knee issues apparently. And, and he, was, he was sort of one-dimensional in that you really can't use him in a passing game, um, you know, which is maybe not what – and you know, Andrew Gish wants to do so, um, but that's gonna that's a nice pickup because Garrett Blunt, you know, he had the eighteen touchdowns a year ago with the Patriots, but he's he's never. I mean, when he first came into the league, and here's a guy that's you know two hundred and forty pounds basically, and he was, but he never ran big. He never was a move the pile guy. You know what I mean? He'd bounce right, things right. outside, and I remember a game the Bucks lost. You know, with the, the a gap was wide open, and for inexplicably he. He ran outside and got tackled, and it was a fourth down play on the goal line. They lost in Atlanta, um, but they know Ajayi will will slam it up in there. So I think he's going to take some carries away from Blunt. But getting back to Wentz, I yeah. like Wentz. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good. Uh, and he, look, his team is six and one right now. Right. I like the fact that he did come from a small school. After I, I, I didn't know that coming out what he would be like it just goes to show you though if you run in a in a pro style offense which he was sure. able to do and mm-hmm. you play a lot of years reminds yeah. me of sort of the the guy who's a point guard in college and ends up staying for all four years because he goes to a small school and nobody wants to take him yeah uh, you know after his freshman year and then he comes yeah. in the nba and he does a really good job Wentz reminds me of that kind of guy dak prescott rick there was no way that Dak Prescott should be playing right now. This was a guy that the Dallas Cowboys drafted just as insurance for Tony Romo. If everything had gone right, Tony Romo would still be playing. He got hurt and then uh, and then eventually decided to retire. But if he could have stayed healthy, he'd still be the quarterback there, and Dak, Dak Prescott would be the backup. I never anticipated that Dak Prescott, even coming out of Mississippi State, 
what, what was he a fourth round draft pick, right? Fourth rounder, say. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I never anticipated that he would turn into the to the type of quarterback that he's become. Of all the guys on this list, though, Rick, I think he has the most help around him. It's not to take anything away from him, but I think that has a lot to do with the success that he has had so far. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at one loss records and that, and you know, I've gotten just you know a ton of. And you probably have too a ton of emails and and um, people you know tweeting me about Jameis and and just how he hasn't won enough and you know but it you really do have to you know sometimes these guys that aren't taken in the first round there's a couple things that happen one there's the expectations are really down they're not they're not high like they are with a first round pick let alone a first overall pick and they go to a better football team. And Dak Prescott went to an excellent team in terms of its offensive line, maybe the best in the NFL. Uh, they have Ezekiel Elliott who comes in at the same time. And he was just, you know, in his rookie year, just dynamic uh, runner um, behind that offensive line. They, they were committed to being balanced, and that made the play action go. And Prescott, you know, is mobile enough to where if nothing happens, if it breaks down, he can get, get you some yards with his feet. I will say the thing about, uh, you know, Prescott that I think people overlook, and this is kind of true with Wentz too. I mean, he, he started, I think, all four years at Mississippi State. I mean, that's to me, you know, the Matt Ryans and, and, and those kind of guys that play a lot of college football that, you know, aren't coming out early, I think have an enormous advantage when they get to the NFL. I, I just think that, yeah, the competition may not be as good, but to be 20 versus, you know, 22 to have more than, say, you know, 21 or 22 or 23 games under your belt before you get to the NFL, I think it makes a big difference to me. That's just just what my experience has told me. I'll tell you what else makes a big difference. If you play in a lot of big games in college, and a guy who played in a lot of big games in college was Deshaun Watson. He was a guy that played national championship games, played under pressure. It seems like every third week he was playing in a game that was a feature game on ABC. And it's to the point now, Rick, when when you're on – College game day and game days in town, and you're playing on Saturday nights. That's as big as any NFL game as far as the focus and eyes on you and and pressure situations. And I saw Deshaun Watson with my very own eyes personally beat out or by himself pretty much beat Alabama in a national championship game uh, back in uh, back in January here at Raymond James Stadium. And this was a guy, Rick, when he came out of college, Deshaun Watson. I just I wasn't sold. I thought. I don't know why. I, I I don't know if I saw RG3 in my head and thought, I don't know if this guy is going to make it as an NFL quarterback. I'll give you credit for this because you were on it right away. Even before last year's draft, you said whoever takes this guy, he's going to end up being a really good quarterback. And he happened probably to go to the one team where who has a coach who knows best how to use him and, and can best coach him in Bill O'Brien. I like Bill O'Brien. Um, his play calling probably cost him a game last week against Seattle. Having said all that, um, I have loved Deshaun Watson. And this is where, um, you know, sort of the group think of the NFL and, and the measurables versus what's just so damn obvious to everybody um, screwed him up. I mean, that's why he lasted to the 12th overall pick. This was a gift to the Houston Texans. And, Um, you know, first of all, let's start with the fact that he lost all of like two or three games in college. I mean, his entire career. And then you mentioned, you know, what do you want in a quarterback other than poise, other than big game presence? Here's a guy that went against arguably, you know, two of the best Alabama college football defenses of all time and ripped them. I mean, in the, in the national championship game, he lost, I think he threw for over 400 yards and he did that Mm -hmm. twice 
including the championship he won. So he has the hardware. He beat you know the best team in the country uh, and competed you know well against them both years. And on top of it, he's got unbelievable character uh, in in just you know uh, the intangibles of a quarterback is mobile. And and for some reason, people got got that like you you mentioned RG three. I never saw that with him. You know, look, these guys are all running the spread offense. They're all not mm-hmm. under center. They're all in the shotgun. They all have a learning curve. But the thing you want about your quarterback is decision making and and accuracy when he does have to throw. And and really, it's about it's about poise under pressure. It's about what do you do when you have to take your team, you know, in a two minute situation. Is there belief? You know, can you execute or, or can you make plays when you need to make them? And he always did that, and he's doing it for Houston. They're three and four with him at quarterback. O'Brien thought so much of him, he didn't even start him week one. He started Tom Savage. So That's right. I'm not going to give Bill O'Brien too much credit here because maybe they would be in better position, but. I, I really do think Deshaun Watson uh, is going to continue to be great. Now, he did go to a better football team. Let's not let's not twist it. You know, I mean, they before J.J. Watt got hurt, and, and you know, this is a three-time defending champion, I believe, uh, in, in the AFC uh, South. So um, even though O'Brien has done it with a million different quarterbacks, right. he's a heck of a coach, and they've had they've built a pretty good you know a pretty good franchise down there. You go into Seattle and do do what Deshaun Watson did last week. You you're making a believer out of me. I'm still not 100 percent sold on him. I don't know if it's just you know I'm not gonna say beginner's luck, but one of those guys that sets it on fire the way RG3 did. I think he's better than RG3, obviously. And and when you go into Seattle and put up the numbers that he put up in Seattle, you're talking about a really good quarterback. 400 yards, four touchdowns, and along those lines, just real quickly. Um, yeah. All you don't listen to Tom Jones. Don't listen to me. <laughs> no kidding. By, how about yeah. how about no? How about you listen to Richard Sherman? Richard freaking yeah. Sherman, who seems to have his hand handle on on all things NFL. I mean, you you can like him or dislike him. The man kind of knows what he's talking about. He's Especially played against Brady. Football, yeah. He's played against Aaron Rodgers. He said this guy is one of the best quarterbacks he's ever played against. Uh, and that's against a pretty good Seattle defense that had been playing really well. They gave up 400 yards and four touchdown passes. They did intercept him three times, and he still said that about him. There was a, there was a play in that Seattle game, and it was just a simple play. It was that they were down deep in Seattle territory, maybe around a five yard line. He went back to pass, was getting chased around, and easily could have thrown a ball out of bounds. They were in field goal range. Somehow found a receiver and had the confidence to to not take off and run with the football, but but trust that somebody was going to come open. And he found a guy. That uh, play just blew me away. Here's a guy, Rick, Jared Goff, number one overall pick, and he has, you know, he's a prototypical NFL quarterback in terms of size. You know, he's 6'4", 225 pounds or whatever he is. Uh, went went uh, first overall pick, as I said, and is a but is a guy that's not putting up like the numbers don't blow you away. But here you talk about intangibles and listen to what their coaching staffs that they said this guy's an extension. Of their coaching staff, this guy's this guy's a really bright quarterback, and again, he doesn't put up huge numbers. He's not going to throw. I think he's thrown for three hundred yards maybe once this season, and I think it was the the last game. Um, but or no, maybe it's the first game of the season. Actually, as I'm looking up the stats here real quick, uh, but he's not going to blow you away with the numbers. But I think he he has that it factor to me. He looks like a, an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do, and I I think you know his rookie year. Um, to come back from the scrutiny that he faced 
Look, that we all now know because they they thought he was overwhelmed and maybe he was at times. Um, but he played for Jeff Fisher in his offense, and uh, you know it, it's been proven that Jeff Fisher's offense for years and years and years, um, you know, was antiquated at best, and and you know put a lot of pressure on the quarterback to make plays on third down because he was just run oriented. Now the Rams, you know, have have managed to also you know reinvent or re, reinvigorate. Um, Todd Gurley, who's his number one weapon. And the thing I like about golf is, is that you're right. He's a very smart quarterback. I think he, I think he processes things really quickly. Um, I think he gets the ball out of his hands. He, he uses the, the whole field, the check downs. Um, you know, he has a strong arm if he needs it, but he's just, he, I think he gets football and I think he also gets sort of what his job is and doesn't, you know, try, tries not to, to, to press it when he, when he doesn't have to. So, Look, the Rams, I mean, what if you want to see what a different a coach makes, right? Look at Sean McVay. Look at look at the difference oh, yeah. in that football team with that young coach who's an offensive play caller, who's spending all that time in the quarterback room with golf. They found the guy they needed to save cuz because I'm telling you a year ago, people were ready to bury this guy. Absolutely. And then you have Jameis Winston and we all we we talked uh, a lot about Jameis Winston, what he brings, his strengths, his weaknesses, what he needs to do better. So let's do it this way, Rick, as as we play this, who would you rather have? Let's work our way backwards, if you don't mind. And we'll start off out of these five guys, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson and Jared Goff. Who would be as of right now, fifth on your list, who is last on your list? If you want me to go first, I can go. I'll go first. As much as I like Jared Goff and and some of the things that he does, and I think he's going to be a terrific quarterback, he would be fifth on my list right now. Jared Goff. I would agree with that because I don't think the uh, the body of work, even though they're having a terrific year, I, I I don't think he's been put in a position of sort of having to carry his team. He's got a strong running game. Again, nothing against him, but of the five, he probably has the furthest to go still. Mm-hmm. Um, and he may wind up, you know, taking his team further than anybody in the playoffs this year. But I, I would say that of that group, Goff would be fifth for me. Fourth on the list. I'm going to go fourth on the list. I'm gonna, I thought it would have been if you'd have told me before the season who would be fifth. I would say Deshaun Watson. I'm not even going to have him fourth on my list. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott as number four on my list. And it's less about that I don't think he's a good quarterback. It's more that. I'm not sure because he's surrounded by such talent, and that's not maybe a fair way to uh, to uh, evaluate a player. But I'm going to say he's fourth on the list just because he has so much help. I'm not sure that he has to go out there and win games by himself. It's probably a little unfair to rate him that way, but I'm putting him fourth. You know, this is getting really boring, and we didn't we didn't do this beforehand. <laughs> we didn't plan this out. We did not. No, this is this is totally random, but. I, I would be this is very close to me because I think Carson Wentz could go here as well. Um, I'm only going to give Carson Wentz the edge because I, I think I I think that that he's a bigger part of what the Eagles do in a way and we're going to find out about Dak Prescott because if Ezekiel Elliott you know becomes a six game suspension like I believe he will be here shortly, um, that's going to put an awful lot of pressure on Dak. And they're not going to be able to run the ball quite as well. And so uh, for right now, though, um, I I will put him here with a caveat that to me, Carson Wentz and him are very, very close. But Dak plays for a better football team than right. the other guys. And so I'll, I'll go. I'll agree with you on this one. And so we may agree all the way along. We'll see. Well, maybe not, because you're going to have Carson Wentz as your number three guy. Then it sounds like. That is correct. On this list. See, I will not go with Carson Wentz number three. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson number three. 
And so that takes us now to number two. Number two on my list, and I think this is where we're really going to start separating ourselves from one another. Number Carson Wentz uh, is is not going to be number two on my. Jameis Winston will be number two on my list at that point. So you have Deshaun Watson left, and Jameis Winston as your two guys right. left. Right. So who would you have at number two? This might surprise people because <laughs> I, I see him every day. I'm going to go with um, Jameis Winston as my number two on the list, and yeah, we both look, have him at number two. Yeah. And and the reason the reason for me, and you can explain yours later um, in a minute. I, I just think this about Jameis Winston. He came into the league, okay, as a guy who, you know, the reputation, bit of a gunslinger, a uh, little undisciplined, um, you know, not not extremely accurate, can drive the ball, not extremely mobile, although I think he surprised people how accurate he is on the run. He's actually more accurate throwing the ball on the run than he is not. Right. Uh, you know, but careless with the football, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, all, all the all the intangibles, though, you know, the leadership, the you know, the, the the passion for the game, all those things, big big upside, and still are. Um, but I think at this moment, you would say, yeah, he's still that guy that he has not really taken that step just yet um, to where you feel like you know the turnovers are going to go down significantly um right they lose games when he turns the ball over and he turns the ball over as much as anybody um you know this year a little better touchdown interceptions i think he's 10 and 6 um and you know of course he had three the last week before that he was very very good in terms of protecting the ball but still a guy that you know you i don't think you trust him uh you know to to not have that play or make that play and, and frankly a uh, young quarterback, a guy who didn't play a lot of college football, just the opposite of some of the guys we're talking about, um, and maybe maybe has further to go as far as you know learning where he fits uh, in in winning games. He, you know, he still thinks Tom that he is the guy who has to win and make right. every play, and and I think in the NFL, you know, one of the things they've they've tried to work with Jameis on is you know, and he's trying to get it is understand where you fit in winning football games. You know, it, you're not the guy. Sometimes, you know, the best thing you can do in the first quarter when it's third and 12 is throw it out of bounds and let us punt. And until he gets that, um, you know, he's going to continue to struggle a little bit. I agree with everything you just said there. The thing that I like most, though, about Jameis Winston is you're not going to have to teach him how to be a leader. He's not going to have to mature into that quarterback who knows how to lead the team. He's going to get better in terms of being smarter with the football. I don't, not a ton better because I think you always have that gunslinger mentality, but I do believe that he's going to be a quarterback in the future who starts to learn uh, more about his teammates, trust his teammates more as he goes through more experiences. The part that I really, really like about him, though. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Is that... He has the intangibles. He's a leader. He's a winner. He's charismatic. People follow him. He's tough. 
he has all the qualities you want in an NFL quarterback, except for sometimes he, he just makes dumb decisions in terms of throwing the football. He reminds Let me, me ask, a lot. The, the, the comparisons to Beth, Ben Roethlisberger are really, really, I think, accurate. And as Ben Roethlisberger got older, I, he became better at that stuff. But here's the thing about, like you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, and this is a guy that went to the Super Bowl at a very, very young age. Right. But he didn't do a whole lot to get him there. And he didn't do a whole lot when he got there. They that team was was run oriented. It was defense oriented. Right. I don't think Jameis will ever be comfortable playing a supporting role. I I think you know to his own detriment at times. And you mentioned he's a winner. Well, you know what? You won in college. There's a lot of guys that win in college. Sure. And he did win nine games in his second season. And and the team, you know, at times he was nothing against these guys. But he was throwing to Freddie Martino and Cecil Shorts. Um, but having said all that, uh, his team is better this year in terms of just guys around him, I think. Sure, I, I still is. believe that. This yes. is the best team he's ever played on. Right. And yet, I don't know that he's... Offensively, it's the best team Offensively. He's yeah. I don't know that he's playing smart enough and well enough for them to win. Um, and they haven't won. They're 2-5. and five. And I'm not saying it's all Jameis, because Lord knows we could do an hour and a half on every facet of the team. Right. Um, but I I just don't, you know. No, I, I get where you're coming from. He's got from, a ways I, to go. I mean, he still oh, no, has a ways to go. he absolutely does. But, but when we make the comparisons of Ben Roethlisberger, and you're absolutely right, when Roethlisberger first came in the league in his first and second year when he got thrown in there, uh, I, he was maybe the 10th best player on his team at that time. Jameis right. is still probably their their best football player, at least up there. You know, Mike, you could argue Mike Evans and Joe McCoy, but Roethlisberger had an unbelievable defense. He had Jerome Bettis as his running back. He had a great offensive line. Jameis, yeah, another guy that went to a really really good team. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And and Jameis is uh, they already had a good team when when Roethlisberger got there. Jameis yeah. is supposed to make. They're building around Jameis. Yes, in, that's in a big Bay. difference. Yeah, exactly. So he's number two on both of our lists. We we vary on the number one. Wow, I'm I have Carson Wentz as number one, and again, he's it's it's a gut thing. It's a just a, a an eye test thing. Yeah. He's on a pretty good football team, and he and of all these guys, Winston Wentz, Prescott, Watson, and Goff, the uh, Wentz might have the best coach, or at least a guy that understands offense better than everybody on this list. Um, but you, wow, Deshaun Watson is number one on your list, huh? I got Deshaun Watson, and um, that's a really small sample size for me to do this with. Sure. Um, I'll say this. Uh, show me a guy that won more in college. You can't, okay? Mm-hmm. He won a national championship. Jameis won a national championship. He played in two championships. Jameis played in two championships. He played big in both games. Jameis played big in one game. Um you know, so to me, those guys are even in in that sense. As far as when, I mean, I I, I had Wentz lower, obviously, um, just because I don't I don't know. I, I like his football team, and I think he gets a lot of help with the run game. And absolutely, he does. Uh, I I think that's still their bread and butter. I really do, uh, and their defense, which which helps him as well. Um, you know, to me. Deshaun Watson can beat you so many ways. He's, you know, he can run the football. I mean, he's a threat in the open field, um, you know, and yet he runs smart. He's not a guy like RG3 or, you know, uh, uh, or even for that matter, Cam Newton, uh, who's going to absorb a lot of hits, take a lot of hits. He knows, he knows when to go 
and and he's effective doing it. He's got a couple of touchdowns. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. Um, and so he's a dual threat in that instance. And again, I, I just think that at a, as a rookie, as a guy who's on a pretty good football team, they're not Super Bowl champions. Um, they were division champions. But when you see what the numbers he is putting up, it's not all about numbers. I mean, he's, you know, wins, he's one, he's three and four. Uh, I think they should have beaten Seattle, but that's that's just me. Well, it wasn't but his again, fault that they gave but, up thirty but, some points. But to see him go up there in his seventh football game, seventh, yes. and go into Seattle and go, you know, the twelfth man and all that stuff, and 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 against that defense, which had been playing pretty well, and and just seriously rip them apart. And I know he had the three picks, and I know all that. We we dissect all those. They all had a story, but. I was just I was sort of blown away, and and the funny thing is I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, no. I did. There's you're something not, about you're on top of it. Right, there's right some about this that. guy that just like everybody you know tried to look past. And I mean, he didn't go look. He didn't go the fourth round. He was taken 12 overall. But I think if you redrafted that draft, where does Deshaun Watson go? He goes first, doesn't he? I mean, he goes first, right? Yeah, he'd have to. He would yeah. have to at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm. I'm going to say Deshaun Watson because I I don't think I think he can make plays. I think he he knows he, he's smart enough to know when to run, when to throw it away. He doesn't hurt you as as much as say Jameis does at times. Um, and again, it's not an anti-Jameis thing. It's just I'm big on Deshaun Watson right now. Boy, Dabo Sweeney was right from the start was telling people, and I thought, ah, that's just a coach talk, you know, talking about his guy. But he was all well. He called him like, Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm not going to well, go that far. Wow, you got. I mean, <laughs> did I go that like far? This. Well, did I go I, that far? Well, the, the, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't go quite that far, but no. Yeah. And maybe I, Dwayne I'll tell you what, Wade. Okay, the Cleveland Browns are certainly wishing that that they oh, would have taken him. I mean, that's another example, of just the train wreck that the Cleveland Browns are. But, man, that list of quarterbacks. Um, well, the Browns messed up a trade for AJ McCarron. Do you believe that? Yeah. And AJ's probably like the happiest guy on earth that they did, but they had a deal <laughs> done, and somehow the Browns screwed it up. It's we incredible. Didn't, we, no, yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, Coach, speaking of A.J. McCarron, um, his, his former – he went to Alabama, right? He's now That's right. Guy. Yeah. yeah uh, college football rankings, the playoff rankings came out, the first one of the year, and a stunner at the top of the list, Georgia. At 8-0 is the number one team, Alabama number two. And if the playoffs were today, what it would be would be Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame at 7-1, and and Clemson at 7-1. and You got any problems with this top four? Yeah, I do. I do. What, 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 what did, I mean, okay, I'll give you the Georgia win at Notre Dame and Notre Dame is three. So, I mean, if you're just going to do the math on this, you go, well, one, uh, one team beat three. So we got them three. No one else has a win like that on the road. It was a one point game, by the way. So clearly they're the best team. Eyeball test to me says until somebody knocks Alabama off in the SEC and we'll see if Georgia can do it. Are you impressed with the 42 to seven win over Florida? I'm just trying to figure out. You know, yeah, that I get the Notre Dame thing. It was early in the year. Maybe if they played again, and Alabama hasn't played. In Alabama, right. but that's not their fault. I mean, right. they just haven't played anybody yet, and they probably won't until they get to Auburn, perhaps, and then Georgia in the SEC title game. But I haven't seen anything from Alabama that would tell me they're not still the best team in, in at least. I mean, you're saying they're not even the best team in their conference for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, I, this... I'm still trying to figure out where where's the love from Georgia. I mean. You know, all of a sudden, Georgia's the college football powerhouse. I think we're relying too much on on who beat whom, but that's just me. 
Well, this strikes me completely as the college football committee said, how can we get excitement for this? Because everybody in the world knows oh, yeah. Alabama is the best team in the country because Alabama always is the best team in the country. So let's put Georgia there. And it's not as if Alabama is going to get screwed out of all this because at the very worst, they're going to play Georgia at some point if, if Georgia keeps on winning and Alabama keeps on. And you would assume that Alabama will. So it's a... Uh, I think it's just a way to drum up some interest for this thing. Notre Dame coming no in pretty strong at number three and Clemson at number four. I got no I got no arguments with that. Rick, when you look after that, Clemson after Clemson, you got Oklahoma at seven to one, Ohio State at seven to one, and Penn State at seven to one. So Oklahoma's five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven. That all makes sense to me because Oklahoma beat Ohio State and Ohio yeah. State beat Penn State. So I'm good with all that. Your Wisconsin Badgers, or I should say your wife's Wisconsin Badgers, undefeated, get no love at all. They're and down they at no, they're down at eighth overall. Or, uh, yeah, so, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, ninth, ninth in on the uh, on the list. Yeah, they won't get any love unless they were to somehow win the Big Ten, which is probably not going to happen. Even though you know they they put a good run on it last year, they just offensively they struggle. And yeah. look out for Ohio State though. I mean, if not for the fact that you know their loss came against uh, what Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yep. Um, and I'm I'm not that impressed with Oklahoma, but well, you know, the Oklahoma so, play Oklahoma State this weekend, so they could. But I game. I thought, look, I thought the the win over Penn State probably should have garnered them more than where they're at right now. Right. Um, and you know Notre Dame because of their schedule, if they run the table, they're a guaranteed top four team, and that's going to yeah. throw everything out of whack because your Power Five conferences now may have one or two teams, you know, if everybody continues to play the way they do, um, you know, cause Notre Dame, I mean, is just that independent that, you know, yep. everybody fears in this thing. What Miami comes in at number 10, they're undefeated at seven and no, obviously if they run the table, they would have a chance. Notre Dame's going to play Miami at some yeah, point. Win your division. You know, Miami for all the years they've been in the ACC, haven't even won their division yet. I know. I know. It's incredible. Mark Rick's doing a believe. good job. Yeah. But geez. Right. Uh, and uh, and UCF coming in at number eighteen. They're all upset over in Orlando. They're, apparently. they're, they're mad all, about it, huh? Seven and zero. Oh, they're seven and zero. Oh, they're eighteenth. I would yeah. have loved to have seen where USF would have been had had they not lost on on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I don't well, think neither it would of those. Have been much, none of those much higher yeah. than eighteen. Yeah. Uh, meantime, Rick uh, Boveda, I guess it is in Las Vegas, came out with their odds on the Gators coach. Who do you think? I know you haven't seen this list yet. I don't think you've seen this list yet. No. Who do you think at nine to two odds, number one uh, uh, bet to become the next head coach of the Gators? You want to take a guess? Nine to two. Nine to two. Is it is it is it someone that we have uh, had in the paper recently? Yes, it's somebody who's definitely been on everybody's radar in terms of being the next coach. Oof. Well, I don't want to take too long because it's uh, the show can go as long as we want it to. Um, I would say at nine to two, Dan Mullen is the favorite. That's very good, very good, very good guess, and you're absolutely right. Dan Dan Mullen at nine to two odds, closely followed by your choice, which is Scott Frost coming in there at five go. to one. Now there here's the stunner, Rick. Of all the names out there, coming in at number three at six to one odds. Have a great day if you want to. Willie I knew T it was Willie. This I bus. knew it was yeah, I knew it was gonna be Willie. Willie Taggart at six to one. He's got better odds than listen to this. Better odds than Mike Norville, the guy from Memphis at seven to one. Yeah. Justin Fuente, who's at eight to one, Chip yeah. Kelly at eight to one. And yeah. then you just run the rest of the list with like Bob Stoops, Les Miles. Yeah. 
Randy Shannon. Here's a here's a surprise. John Gruden has the same odds as Charlie Strong, both at twenty two to one, and then Lane Kiffin at thirty three to one. And if you want to throw down a buck on Steve Spurrier, it'll get you seventy five back if he actually <laughs> the head coach. But uh, but Willie Tiger number three on that list. So what do you think about that top three? Mullen, Frost, Tiger. I don't I don't want none of those guys are are in my top three. Although I'm, you like I'm Frost. Gonna t- right? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We got to mark the tape. Mark the yeah. tape. <laughs> um, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to talk to Dan Mullen, mm-hmm. and Mullen's going to say, I'm happy at Mississippi State uh, for whatever reason. They will talk to him, but there's almost too much familiarity between him, the SEC, the AD, um, to where I don't know that Dan Mullen's going to excite anybody at the University of Florida. You know, he's been there. They could have hired him four or five different times. They didn't. Yeah, uh, to me, to I mean, the you Gator think they Bruce, took? I mean, they went. They they hired Will Muschamp instead of him, and they hired uh, right uh, Jim McElwain instead of him. Now that was a different AD. That's uh, true. And this guy, this guy would seem to know him a little bit better. But if you're coming from Mississippi State, and you know, uh, uh, I mean, it, you'd have you'd have you know him better than anybody, and. He like that would be to me that would be the absolute like no he's a lock he'd be better than nine to two if he was all that in a bag of chips there right. is something there is something about Dan Mullen that and let's be honest the AD is not making this choice the Gator boosters are there's something about Mullen that that is not appealing enough um, to Florida fan I don't know what it is he'd probably be great there and and frankly. You know, he's been looked over, overlooked so many times that I don't even know that he would leave Mississippi State for that job at this point. So I'm going to tell you, they're going to pass. They're going to talk to him. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of discussion. And the guy's going to say great things about him. And I think in the end, he stays in Mississippi State. Um, Willie Taggart, too soon. Too soon in Oregon. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. You know, you don't know what, I mean, it's not like if Willie had gone out there and and, and if he was, you know, 9-0 and or 8-0 and right now, then, of course, Oregon wouldn't let him go. But, yeah, I could get it. Um, Willie's still got some work to do out there. And, and even though he did some things, he, he turned around a program at the University of South Florida, um, I, it's a different level in the SEC. I, for a lot of reasons, I don't see Willie Taggart. I don't know why. It just doesn't feel right. To me, the number one guy is Scott Frost mm-hmm. because I think he checks too many bosses, boxes. If you like Chip Kelly, right, this guy already has Helfrich's offense and Kelly's offense. He can run a version of that, only he's made it his own at the University of Central Florida. He's a young guy, okay, so you like that about him. Yep. He's going to be wanted by multiple programs. You can sell him as, look, everybody wanted Scott Frost. Nebraska, before it's over, may want Scott Frost to come home uh, if they fire Mike Riley. Whatever job he's going to be at or near or the very top, and if you're the University of Florida and you can get any by God person you want, then you're going to get the best, the guy that, that everybody was, was clamoring over. And he's young. He's, he's uh, charismatic. He'll win over the, the boosters. No ties to, to the University of Florida, but um, certainly a guy that can have an exciting offense right off the bat and can recruit. You compared him to Chip Kelly, and you could go a step further and say he's Chip Kelly without the baggage. And he's That's Chip Kelly correct. without the without. And the he's a younger make, guy. Right, and he's Chip Kelly without the chip in, in the – Chip Kelly has in his head that, no pun intended, that makes him right. a jerk to everybody. <laughs> um, right, right. You might be right. Frost, and that's, you won't, look, you don't have to sell Scott Frost to anybody. Scott Frost, if you hire Scott Frost, 
everybody's on board with that. Everybody's excited with that. There's a part of me that wonders, eh, that, you know, he went, he's at UCF. He's having success against SMU and Navy and people like that in Memphis. He's not, it's not a big time. You see, I don't care what, what anybody says. UCF's not a big time job, but before Urban Meyer showed up, Utah wasn't necessarily a big time job. Bowling Green wasn't a big time job. So, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't coach. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. I mean, is Mississippi State prohibitively better just because they're in the SEC than than No, and and you mentioned Mississippi State and Dan Mullen, and I was talking about this with Tracy Johnson, our assistant sports editor, who's a big SEC football fan. Shout out to Tracy. There you go. And she's like, what's this love affair with Dan Mullen? She goes, I look around, it's like, okay, every year they go, and I'm looking at this, she's right. They go 9-4, and 7-6, and 8-5, 7-6, 10-3. Hard to do there, though. But here's the thing. When they play the really good teams, when they play Auburn, they get wiped out. When they play Alabama, they get wiped out. When they play LSU, they get wiped out. They're never – they always finish like fourth or fifth in their division. They beat up on everybody else, and they beat up on all the teams you're supposed to beat up on, the Vanderbilts and the Kentuckys and so forth. But when it comes to playing really good schools, they have have their trouble. So, yeah – uh, the familiarity with Dan Mullen will make him. And if they hired Dan Mullen, I think a lot of people would be fine with that. But if See, you're I looking don't. for if you're looking for a splash, uh, yeah, and, and you're not going to get you, and you're not interested in Chip Kelly because he, he just has too much baggage, you could yeah. do a lot worse than, than Scott Frost. I agree with that. I my guy's Justin Fuente, but you know they're the same guy. Justin Fuente, uh, Memphis, maybe at a little bit bigger. Uh, is that Virginia, Virginia he's Tech? Virginia Tech, yeah. Norville's at yeah. Memphis. I mean, they're, okay. they're all basically the same guy in terms of what yeah. they've accomplished in their career so far, you know. So right. Um, well, right, Mark, we'll my I, as you, we'll see what happens. Scott but Frost, I, yeah. you know, as of yet, I guess all those guys have said that they, you know, Florida is going to let, I guess, the season play out and not interrupt other people's seasons and trying to contact these coaches. I suppose, although you know how this is done, right? Well, they somebody already talked to somebody, right? Heck, they've all talked to all of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, it's a friend of a friend, right? Right, yeah. We have a Game 7, Rick, in the World Series, and this series calls for a Game 7. It's been terrific. Houston wins uh, one Game 5 in dramatic fashion. They go to L.A., and they had Justin Verlander going in Game 6, and the way he was dealing the first couple innings, I thought, this series is over. But L.A. climbs off the mat, forces a Game 7, and like I said, this series deserves a Game 7. Well, it was going to go seven because I'm I'm a conspiracy theory guy, <laughs> but um, no, it was uh, it's been a terrific series and yeah, Verlander looked like he was going to win this game one to nothing. I mean, um, you know, the Dodgers got in a little bit of trouble with Rich Hill and second and third, nobody out, and uh, with a little help from the bullpen, they got out of that somehow. So um, it's been it's been a great series. I would say that you know I. I I mean, Lance McCullers Jr. pitching in the last in a game seven. I mean, talk about a local tie, you know, a guy uh, right here from Tampa that, you know, just a few years ago was pitching in high school. I mean, it's an unbelievable story to think that he's going to pitch in game seven of uh, of a World Series. And he's going to go up against Hugh Darvish for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who, who's been really classy through this whole thing in, in terms of um, sort of being made fun of for being Japanese in this series. And, uh, and he's a heck of a pitcher. It's going to be a great matchup for a game seven, Rick, between Lance McCullers Jr. and you, Darvish. And I was, I'm, when was, when, I'm trying to think, when was the last seven game 
World Series? When was, um, I think it was last year, Big Dog. Oh, How quickly you forget. <laughs> that was like the greatest Jiminy game Christmas. seven ever. Yeah, gee, yeah I, I remember the forgot. little guy named Joe Ma, Joe Madden. That's right. Joe yeah. Babe. Yeah, you know, I do has, I th- he I has an ABBA restaurant you game. never eat at. You will never be allowed to eat at it again. You said you Let's probably go there and watch Game a, 7. Do you think we, we go could. watch Game 7 from there? Joe might be there. Joe and his boiler, as you call it. Yeah, that's true. Although I think that's, that's unfair. He's back on Bayshore riding his bike. I'm sure he's trimmed up. I'm sure he looks great. So who so you picking? Prob- who, who you got in Game 7? Um, well, you know, my heart tells me that Houston's going to win it. My head tells me that LA will, but, um, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Astros. It seems like, you know, when, when they, when they really need to come play, um, they got, they got to find their bats tomorrow. But I, I, I just think that this, and look, the way the series has gone, this might be, you know, 21 inning game seven, but I, I just think the Astros have a little bit left, you know, left in the tank as far as their sticks go, and I'm going to say the Astros win it. I picked the Astros before the series to win the series. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, if we can go back and check the play. I picked them before the the series. I'm going to stick with them, but if they do lose, I hope it's after Lance McCullers Jr. comes out of the game. (laughs) I I hate to see the local kid, but it should be a terrific game seven, so uh, we'll definitely look forward to that. Well, Wednesdays, uh, Rick, you'll be out at uh, – it's Wednesday. You're going to be out at One Buck Place. And, I'm out there uh, every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah we'll you're talk out there every to, Wednesday. You know, we're going to find out if Jameis is going to practice. I think it's a big thing this week. I, it's I never a big deal to talk about, you know, a guy throwing a football, but it, that's a big deal today. Yeah, and they say he's felt better. Let's see if he feels good enough to go out there and work on his timing and do some things. If he doesn't, um, you know, if they shut him down again Wednesday, Thursday, and practice right. Look, he, if he's healthy, I still think Dirk Cutter's going to play him come hell or high water. I just think they really are hopeful uh, that he can go Wednesday. And if he can't, they may they may consider doing something different. I just don't know yet. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We're here each and every day. When we talk to you on our next podcast, we'll give you the update on what's going on with Jameis Winston. Maybe we'll have a better idea whether or not he's going to play Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. You can find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast, at NFL Strad, at Tom W. Jones. Our producer is Steve Verstick. Thanks to Steve. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time after we get the latest from Jameis Winston. Take care, everybody.